25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. You play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to the Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hey, hey. What up? Welcome into the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. Roger, it is July the 3rd, brother. Man, hard to believe it's already July. (laughs) Isn't that the way we started yesterday's show? Exactly. I think it is. I was thinking a minute ago, I've got a lot of cool sound bites and clips loaded up for different things, uh, topics that I want to cover on today's show. I've got fight songs uh, for the countdown. We're on team number 59. I got something from the Wayback Machine that popped up in an interview that a lot of people, everybody my age is going to know this and have heard it, and so that's coming up. But there's two things I'm missing, Roger, and I just realized it. One is I couldn't find like the download version of Cheer Boys, the you know the the song that Jackson State Sonic Boom plays when they score a touchdown. You can only find that one that was recorded at the when they won that uh, the Soul Bowl at yeah that year. That, yeah. Okay. Live. So it's on YouTube somewhere. Well, I guess what I'm saying is you might have to play it on your end. Oh, okay. At, at some point. And then the other thing is, I it just hit me. I was thinking, okay, July 3rd, tomorrow's the 4th. We're not going to be on tomorrow. And I'm thinking, doggone it. I should have already thought about this. But my favorite patriotic song is um, America. What is it? America uh, or Old Beautiful. Ray Charles. His version oh, yeah. of that song. Yeah. What's the name of the song? It's, it's America. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Or some people, do they call it America the Beautiful? I think it's maybe the America the Beautiful. And it's his version of America the Beautiful. Ray Charles. This is my favorite. So I'm just dropping that hint here at the beginning of the show. (laughs) You Ray Charles to the BS. Yeah, I like Ray Charles, man. (laughs) Ray Charles to the BS. All right, welcome in. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. I got the phone lines open, a text line open, a lot to get to today. You can call the show at 995-1059, 601 area code. So type it in, 601-995-1059. And then hit the little ringy-dingy button and we'll talk to you and put you on the air. Love to hear your voice. How are you going to celebrate the 4th of July? You going to sit around in the yard, and swim in the pool, and shoot off some fireworks and eat hot dogs? Go straight on Americana? Is that what you're going to do? Hamburgers on the grill, swimming pool, maybe, maybe not a pool, depending. Shoot off fireworks and just that. Is that it? How else is there? I mean, what else you do? 
to celebrate. I tell you how I celebrate it. I don't do anything. <laughs> That's my favorite way to celebrate. <laughs> is do nothing. What is the best way to celebrate? Of course, now if I have a lot of July. money to, to blow, I I would like to go to the fireway and get all the quote good ones. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. The ones you, you you look at and you have to put down. Right. Yeah, I'd like to be able to just pick them all up. Remember that movie Joe Dirt? Dude, that was, uh, who was that guy? What's that little guy? Saturday Night David Spade. David Spade, yeah. He played Joe Dirt. You know, he's rattling off all the names of these different fireworks and stuff. Movies like that I have a hard time getting into because the outfit and the hair and the wig is just so over the top. Like, it's making fun of rednecks and hillbillies, but I've never seen anyone with that kind of haircut to that extent. It was a severe mullet, right? A severe, severe mullet. As big ben as left he... his trucker hat, which would have been perfect with that hair. It's called the <laughs> Beavers Unlimited. <laughs> That's right. All right, so uh, let me give you a heads up. Coming up in about right now, when uh, if everything goes according to plan, we're going to get Steve Robertson from Scout. I'm sorry, he's not from Scout. Scout doesn't exist anymore. He's now, he's Scout Steve R. on Twitter. He's now 24-7 sports and Gene's page. Today is Steve's birthday. Don't tell him I told you. Find out what he's going to do for his birthday. He's like a Independence Day baby, sort of, almost. So we'll talk with Steve coming up, chat a little football, a little bit about the buzz around Tommy Stevens, who apparently had a good time down at the Manning Passing Academy and all that jazz. Later today, going to talk with Ryan Brown, my buddy from WJOX, the Jocks Roundtable in Birmingham. Because uh, I'm curious. I don't know who Auburn's quarterback is going to be. I'm wondering what they're talking about over there in their neck of the woods. Could be a freshman. And, you know, they're right there at home. SEC Media Days next week. Next week? Two weeks. SEC Media Days in two weeks goes back to Hoover. It was always in Hoover in Birmingham. And last year they went over to Atlanta. All right. There he is. I hear the one ringy-dingy. It's time on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the United States of America. They've been doing it better longer than anybody else. Cat's out of the bag. Steve Robertson, it's uh, your birthday, huh? Is that right? It's it's true. It is true. true. I'm a day older. (laughs) You're one day older than you were yesterday. Well, happy birthday, buddy. Thank you, thank you. It's always nice to friends, you know. And so, and I think this may be a first for your show. I am minutes away from getting my birthday tattoo, so I'm actually conducting this interview from a tattoo parlor. It's, so, as far as I know, it's a first. Somebody on the Divini phone in a tattoo parlor. Steve, is that a tradition for you? You get a new tattoo each birthday. Yeah, every birthday and every Christmas. And sometimes. Whenever the mood strikes me in between, like if I want to commemorate an event or something like that, that's what I do. So Okay. Well, how do you... A.J. Um, McCarron does that. Yeah, A.J. McCarron gets them. Steve's tattoos, I've seen them. They're a lot cooler than A.J.'s, though. Uh, that mine. That's just my opinion. <laughs> uh, well, happy birthday to you. So you're a... Uh, yeah, you're like a... You're a an Independence Day baby, pretty much, huh? Yeah, pretty much about 21 hours away from being against Neil Bandy. So. Attaboy. Attaboy. So, Steve Robertson, uh, on your radio right now. Steve, 
Um, we were having a little breakup going on there in your signal, a little hard to understand, but I think we're okay now. We'll continue forward. I wanted to get you on and just ask you kind of what you're hearing. I've seen the tweets from Nagy, the senior bowl guy, about Tommy Stevens down at the Manning Passing Academy and other stuff, people saying that he looked good throwing a ball and all that. Um, what are you catching wind of in terms of how he looked there and how he has looked in the offseason stuff? Yeah, I spoke, I spoke to Jim, and uh, Jim said he was the surprise of the Manning Passing Academy because he went in there with essentially no expectation whatsoever. And then he walked away believing that he was a bona fide starter. And uh, so I reached out to Jim and, and spoke with him, and uh, he couldn't say enough good things about him. And uh, he says it was definitely a good decision and, and felt like Mississippi State had some real competition at the quarterback position. As you know, Matt, that makes the entire team get better. And uh, yeah, the reports were getting kind of unofficially from uh, some of the workouts that uh, he has integrated himself into the team and is doing a good job fitting in. You know, and I would think that that is a – you know, such an important part of it. You say, you know, integrating within the team and kind of starting to to fit in. Have you met Tommy Stevens personally, talked to him yet? I haven't. I, I have not. We traded some messages uh, during his you know, courtship for Mississippi State, and uh, shortly after he accepted uh, you know, the offer to join Mississippi State, he, did, he didn't want to do much media. He just kind of wanted to to make his decision and get enrolled and get to work. And I kind of respect that, too. And with a veteran guy, you kind of respect that, too. He, you know, he's not concerned about making headlines until he gets on the field. Yeah. You know, all those years that Dan Mullen was the coach at State, Steve, you, you didn't have transfer quarterbacks. You know, and I know there was the pursuit of Cam Newton that wound up with him going to Auburn and all that. But outside of that, I can't even really remember – Dan really even been interested in going after transfer QBs? No, he he, he wanted to kind of build them up his own way. And I really, thinking about that, I think Josh Riddle might be the last transfer quarterback we've had at Mississippi State. I mean, you've had some guys, obviously, but uh, you know, Tyson Lee, I guess, is a guy too that you could make an argument. He was essentially a walk-on after a freshman year uh, at ICC. But uh, but you, know, you didn't have a lot of guys you recruited to come in and be you know a stopgap belt quarterback type guy, and that's what Tommy Stevens is. It's been a while since you've seen that. Um, and so nobody... What about kids these days in terms of accepting that transfer in the locker room? Um, you know, I, and I don't want to sound like the old guy that it you know, couldn't be accepted back in the day. We had we never had quarterbacks, but we had different players in the 90s who might have transferred in from one school or the other and they, you know, usually just come in and if they can do their job and be a part of the team, everything's cool. Is is there is it not a big deal for kids these days to have somebody like a Tommy Stevens transfer in at quarterback? I don't think it's a big deal. Some of the fans make it out to be because I, at the end of the day, everybody wants to win. And uh, while these guys have got a relationship with Keaton Thompson, they want to go win football games. And uh, it's not the Boy Scouts, Southeastern Conference. They all understand it's big business, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to have big ball games. They want to have big crowds and, and big moments. And so the guy that gives them the best chance to have that is the guy they're going to get behind. Steve Robertson on your radio right now. Y'all can follow him on Twitter. He is Scout Steve R., the host of the Boneyard podcast, does an excellent job. And today is his birthday. Y'all tweet him with a happy birthday message <laughs> uh, when you get an opportunity. Steve, um, 
looking ahead, you got media days coming up in two weeks, uh, essentially. It'll be in Hoover. And what do you think the storyline, what do you think is, every year there seems to be one or two kind of major storylines that, that carry that media event. If you had to guess on what you think the storylines are this year, what do you think? Well, I, I think a lot of it's you know, going to involve the, the, the health of uh, of Tua at Alabama, and mm-hmm. I think there's I think it's such a moving target with quarterbacks in the SEC West. I, I think it's going to be that's going to be the issue is uh, whose new guy comes in and settles things down because most of the, the teams in the West are in transition to quarterback. And then you mentioned Auburn at the top of the show, at the top of the segment. You get new quarterbacks in, in Baton Rouge, pardon me, in, in Auburn, Ole Miss. Arkansas and Mississippi State, and then Texas A&M, you know, they, they return Kellen Mond and South Starkville leave, and so the quarterback, quarterbacks all but I think even more so this year. Yeah, quarterbacks are a story. You know, and I, I wonder, too, you still have coaches that, in the league that still feel like they're brand new, even though a lot of them, you know, have a season under their belt. Uh, Moorhead, you know, you look at the guy, Chad Morris, up at Arkansas, and, and hey, speaking of Arkansas, Steve, I saw that graphic that was on Twitter this week about since the conference expanded to 14 teams, Arkansas has the fewest SEC wins of anybody. That's a proud program. They're the one big boy in that entire state. And some people were wondering if if it's come true, that the, the people that thought that letting Missouri and Texas A&M into the SEC was very bad for Arkansas, you know, proximity reasons and everything else. Do you think that's part of of kind of what they've experienced since expansion is that they got two teams beside them now, and it's not as as easy uh, to stand out in this league in that part of the country. I think that's part of it, but I think also too, you know, the, the abrupt departure of Bobby Petrino and then then bringing in a Big Ten coach with a completely different scheme with a roster that didn't have the skill set to run that scheme, and by the time he got his people in place. He hadn't won enough ball games, and so I think that that's a bigger factor probably than anything with uh, Missouri A and M. Yeah. Well, and they, you know, it's a, it, it's it's when I looked at it and looked at the number, I was almost kind of blown away. I, I didn't expect to see. I don't know what I did expect to see at the bottom of the league. I just didn't expect to see Arkansas. Um, how far away do you think they are from being competitive again? I think they're a coach and change away because hmm. I, I think. I think Chad Morris will be the guy between the guy. You know, I think they're probably, I think Chad will recruit well in North Texas and he'll get some talent in there, but I just don't know if they'll be patient enough because it's such an unforgiving division. Once you get down to the bottom, it takes forever to get off, and I, and I just don't think they've got the personnel this year and even coming in to really compete over the next two years, and I just don't know if they're going to be willing to give them four years. Sure. Steve, I want to ask you one more question before you have to sit down in the chair, <laughs> and that is uh, LSU. So I look at what they did, and just in terms of wins and losses a year ago, um, well, they have uh, nine regular season wins. They were nine and three. Three losses to, well, I don't know who they lost to. I'd have to look it up. But a pretty good season. Then they win that bowl game. You know, win the bowl game, beat at UCF, so their 10th win. I look at it, I can't figure out if I feel like they did a good job or not. I can't figure it out. Uh, with under Ed Ogeron well, I, last year. What do you think? I think they overachieved. Um, and I think the borough was a common factor for them, even though he was somewhat pedestrian at times. But 
you know, they'll be right in that same mix again this year. And, uh, you know, they don't lose the A&M game last probably a little different year for them. But uh, I think it's one of those things where they've got some toss-ups, and I think the road games are going to be especially challenging for that young and very fast just before it looks to be ready to go. And, and that, that gets you a long way in this league. Yeah. Well, it does. You know, nine wins is it'll get you by, I guess, in some places. Hey, Steve, again, I've a broken record here, but happy birthday to you. And good luck with the tattoo. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, brother. That's Steve Robertson. He is Scout Steve R on Twitter. Give him a follow. Look, uh, LSU, I looked at kind of what they did a year ago. They had the big win over Georgia. Um, they had the road win to start the SEC slate at Auburn. But, uh, you know, you mix in there. They had the loss to Florida. It's kind of ugly. Had the loss to Alabama, which was relatively ugly. You know, and they finished the year in that seven-overtime game against Texas A&M. So they're sitting there at nine regular season wins last year at LSU. Very easily could have gone, you know, different ways. Just a play or two here or there. It was one of those kind of years for them. You know, but Steve said it. Joe Burrow was pretty steady for him. Um, from a numbers standpoint, it, it was never... I don't know that he had any games where his numbers kind of blew people away. Just never had like a huge passing game. But he just always seemed to make some plays. You know, you watch that Georgia game and he's making third down conversions, throwing a ball, and he had the dagger at the end of the game, that big 60 yard run or whatever it was. Now he had a bit of a knack in, in the Auburn. I thought the Auburn game for them. Was, you know, they go to Auburn, they win last year. Do it on the road with a quarterback who's playing in the SEC in the first time in an SEC stadium. On the road, went there and won. And he made some plays. So he was steady for them. He definitely was. He definitely was. You know, and hey, look, you got to give Ed Ozerong some some credit. In both years that he's been the head coach, they've gone and um, knocked somebody off. They've gone and thrown a big upset somewhere. Two years ago, it was Auburn, if you'll remember. Auburn was a good team going in there and LSU beat them. That was after they had lost to Mississippi State. Then last year, beat Georgia. We know how good Georgia was. They went to LSU and LSU beat up on them pretty good. So they're interesting to me. I, you know, but again, as it relates to you got media days and me and Steve and all these guys from all over the Southeast are going to be there in two weeks in Hoover for SEC football media days. And um, even though, that's, why, that's kind of what I was touching on here, even though, okay, Chad Morris is not a brand-new coach at Arkansas, he still kind of feels that way. And Steve just went so far as to say that he thinks Chad Morris is just the coach in between the coach. He thinks they don't get it fixed until their next hire, that it won't be Chad Morris. You know, you look at Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State, he still feels brand-new. And the situation feels brand new because he's got a brand new quarterback in the mix this year who's getting some hype without having even practiced yet in the uniform. You know, you look around at some of those things in LSU, for instance. I mean, LSU wins 10 games last year, beat Georgia, you know, beat eighth ranked UCF in a bowl game, 10 game winner, 
Burrow was solid for them, yet they won't really be a storyline at SEC Media Days. They'll be interesting, but they won't really be a storyline. Not in terms of, hey, here's a team that could challenge Alabama. That just will not be discussed about LSU this year. You know, you know, senior returning quarterback. It still has this, I don't know, it just has this feeling of turnover. I, I don't know how else to describe it, even though some of these guys have already been there. Quarterbacks and coaches have already been there. It just still has this feeling of transition, and it'll have that feeling when you go to and come out of SEC Media Days in two weeks. It's just not like it was those years when Mullen was a coach at State and you kind of knew what they were. And Freeze was the coach at Ole Miss. You kind of knew what they were. Saving Alabama, Bielema, Arkansas, Sumlin, A&M, all those years we had the same thing. And the storylines were a lot easier, I think, to identify. This just feels like an offseason of there's more unknown than there is known stuff. That's the way I see it. All right. Lots of great texts uh, coming in. I'm going to get to those for you next. And get your phone calls in now on the Divinity Equipment phone, 995-1059. We'll talk to you just around the corner. Stick around. You're listening. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Charles. Man, that gives me chill bumps. And mercy more than life. Sing along. It's way side to side. Yeah, I am. Gracious alive. America the Beautiful, Ray Charles. Yeah, I'll look that one up. Put it on the playlist. Happy early 4th of July. How are you going to celebrate? What are you going to do? Is it going to be hamburgers, hot dogs? What else you do? Pork chops, steaks, <laughs> ribs? What's it all about food? Brisket. Oh, brisket. Do you cook it yourself? or 
I don't know what the, the real C. Collins loaded up the uh, the gridiron guys. All right, so here we are. Let's you. We have now stepped on it. <laughs> I'd forgotten about it, Roger. By the way, good job. Uh, I got, I stole a piece of that brisket. <laughs> so Just a little slice. Real C. He likes it. Hey, y'all, listen. First they thing, didn't offer to leave any either. <laughs> well, of course not. First thing Roger said to me today was, listen, Matt, these other shows around here have got listeners bringing them food. Obviously, they're more beloved. Well, well, heck, maybe that's what it means. Yeah. Should we? We're going to have to get some therapy, man. Well, therapy in the form of, I don't know, ribs. <laughs> Barbecue. All you've gotten out of the show is some jerky. Yeah, I have. And today's one of those things where I drank all my coffee up early. That's the one negative on this time change on this show. All the rest of it's been positive. The one negative is I'm used to sipping on coffee throughout the radio show, and now I finish my coffee long before this show even really starts. <laughs> so you're on a coffee restriction. You don't only get so much. Okay. I guess I am. Need to drink more water, but man, coffee's good. <laughs> Coffee got water in it. It sure does. Yeah. Made out of water. Talk to the hand, everybody. You health freaks. <laughs> and while you're at it, somebody bring us some barbecue to the studio. Because Roger is feeling left out. Why wouldn't Chris and Beaver leave some of it for you? I don't know. I, I, I think uh, I think that barbecue's spoken for. You know, they've already... I think their their family was listening. I think they're selfish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back on the show. I'm Matt, Farm Bureau Studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. What do we have here? Let's start off with Fluffy Bottoms. What did he say? He said he's actually um, going to work a little bit tomorrow. He actually enjoys working on a little bit on days like that. I bet you it's because he can do it all by himself and not be disturbed. I hear you, man. You know? Fridays are that way around here. <laughs> uh, I was talking about, we were talking about fireworks, and then that led to the comment, that scene in that movie Joe Dirt, David Spade playing the part of Joe Dirt, and he rattles off all the different names of the different fireworks. It is really a funny thing. But I said, you know, I couldn't really take the movie all that seriously. You're not supposed to take it seriously, but I couldn't really get into that movie because his wig, his mullet wig was so over the top, big and ridiculous. I said, I've never seen an actual mullet like that, not in real life. They just overdid it. Kind of like Hollywood always overcooks the southern accent. Why, what do you mean? Whatever you... I mean, that's right. Nobody talks like that, you dope. Dan Aykroyd in uh, Driving Miss Daisy. Exactly. Uh, it's horrible. Nobody talks like that around here. Or ne it never did. I don't know where it came from. David texts the show and he said, have you ever never been to an Alabama home game? <laughs> <laughs> Rock, flag, and eagle. Yeah, mullets like that everywhere, he says. Ed, happy birthday to you. We're talking about Steve Robertson's birthday. Ed says it's his birthday also. And then on the subject of LSU, Bulldog Blitz on the text line says, LSU's record was not indicative of the product they put on the field. State, 
crap the bed. And they had Georgia shell-shocked from the starting whistle. And Georgia couldn't recover. You know, but then I kind of, I can't help but to go, it's a simple way of looking at it. Go back to what Dennis Green said one time, though. And just said, or, or no, it's Bill Parcells. You are what your record says you are. I mean, all the, the nuance and if and that and possibly this and coulda, shoulda. And it, 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 in the annals of history, it all means nothing. <laughs> and uh, Three Hump Camel. Let me proofread this first. Oh, yeah. It says, you think, overcooked, you think they overcooked the accents in My Cousin Vinny? Little Yankee boy. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't get it. What is he insinuating? Can you, can you overdo a New Jersey accent? Oh. So wait a minute. Is he is his text saying that the Yankees in that movie, Joe Pesci, that their accents were overcooked? Or That's Rebecca what I'm taking. That's why you need to put the punctuation in there. Is that a statement or a question? I know. We, we, see, we don't know. See, Three Hump Camel, <laughs> without punctuation, I don't know how to take your text. It's almost like I could read it like you're calling me a little Yankee boy. It's, it, all it says with no punctuation, you think they overcooked the accents in my cousin Vinny, little Yankee boy. <laughs> and, okay, so now we have clarification. He says both the northern and southern accents are over the top. I think there's a lot of truth to that. The guy in My Cousin Vinny who played the judge, who was the former guy from what, the Munsters? He'd played the big guy in the Munsters way back when in the black and white days. Whoever that guy is, yeah, his southern accent was way overcooked and ridiculous. But it's still a good movie. Now, that's a good movie. Don't let your kids watch the original version of it, but it's a good movie. Who's hanging on, Roger? You got chicken hawk. Oh, yeah, you got your call screen. I can good. see it now. Yep. Good deal. How about right. that? Chicken hawk, where you been? <laughs> hey, Bob. Oh, that, hey, hey. I was wondering if you down there. Lou Bell told me, man, that y'all had you would get there. She heard you and Roger talking, <laughs> and y'all was supposed to have a, a chicken hawk uh, deal when I called in and have, have my own little, little I can't thing take there. credit, though. That's that. all Roger. Thank him. He's the one that oh, did Well, thank it. you there. Thank you, Roger. And I look here, Roger. I like for you to do me something. Happy Fourth of July to you, Roger. Happy Fourth of July to you, Matt, and Hell State. And a boy. But Roger, has either one of y'all ever heard my boy Jimmy at uh, at uh, Woodstock play the national anthem? Oh, oh gotcha. yeah, Jimmy yeah. Hendrix. We'll, we'll, we'll get that. Yeah, All right, we'll brother, find you're it. Talking about. Yeah, find it, bro, because look here, that will make chicken bumps run all up and down your arm and leg and everything up underneath your claws, and I ride on back out your arm. Chris Matthews. Man. <laughs> chicken mean, Hawk, I hey, mean, we got to split. Hey. The music started. We got to split, but hey, happy 4th of July to you. Yeah, you too. See, See you. <laughs> chicken Hawk, out. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
LSU will be one of the highest scoring offenses in the SEC this year. Early prediction. On the text line, just got it from Tiger David. Tiger David, I'm assuming that means David is a LSU fan. David says that LSU is going to be one of the highest scoring offenses in the SEC this year. What do you think? Hey, back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Welcome back in. Connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one, uh, number one network in Mississippi. Roger, you found it, didn't you? The Cheer Boys. Yeah, I did. Jackson State, Sonic Boom. This is what they play at Jackson State when they score a touchdown. I thought I heard a Go Tigers in there. I thought I heard a fight, fight, fight. Uh-huh. That's it. Okay. There you go. Cheer boys. Man, that's some noise going on at that game, isn't it? <laughs> that's the way it ought to be. That's the way it ought to be. You know, in the when you look at the the hymnal and you look at the notes <laughs> and they have little parentheses around sometimes it says with enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. They, I think they that's on everything they do. It no question with about it. Gusto. It ought to just say for for the sonic boom. It ought to just say with volume, <laughs> because it goes all the way to eleven with them. I promise you. Uh, Twitter update: One of the funny Twitter accounts I follow. It's the last blockbuster. It imitates tweets coming from the very last remaining blockbuster video store where you used to. Hey kids, listen up. We used to go to the video store and rent VHS movies and had to bring them back. They had a store. You'd walk through there and pick your movie out. No joke. Had people working in it. Yes. A lot of their tweets, Roger, it's satirical. About how um, run down their business is now. (laughs) So last year at this time, the last Blockbuster tweeted, we can't afford fireworks this year, but Chad's going to light the alley couch on fire around 9.30 tomorrow night if you want to see a couch on fire. So they've just retweeted last year's with an update that says, this year we have two couches. (laughs) Thanks for looking up. (laughs) You've never seen two couches on fire. You're in luck. The last blockbuster on Twitter. Now, um, I'm going to say a name. All right, everybody listening, if you are within the sound of my voice. I'm going to uh, say a name. And I want you... It'll it'll take too long to call this in on the uh, Divinity Equipment phone. We'll just leave it open for your phone calls. But I want you to text me the first thing that comes to mind when you hear this name. I want to see if anybody... You know, we got people texting constantly. So here's the name, guys. Tom Emansky. What does the name Tom Emansky or Emansky make you think of? It's the first thing you think of when you hear the word Tom Emansky. 
You can tweet me also, by the way, at Radio Wyatt. At Radio Wyatt. That's me on Twitter. By the way, uh, while we wait on that, Roger, we were talking about getting people to bring us food to the studio. They do all the other shows. And um, Tyler tweeted me and said, hey, Matt, if you worked out of the Jackson studio, maybe Real C. Collins would bring you some. That's the thing. Yeah. Because I don't have any... We don't have any local star power on this show. That's bull. That's bull. (laughs) No, because you're there every day, and I'm there a lot. Not every day, but I'm there a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, and maybe on one of the days you're here. What kind of warning? What, 24 hours, you think? Like, if I put something out on Twitter 24 hours ahead of time, hey, I'm going to be in Jackson with Roger tomorrow. I have to to study up on how Bo does his uh, morning show competitions. Yeah. Yeah, we need food on the show. We'll get it figured out. Uh, All right, so the name Tom Amansky. Funny, Nick on the text line said, didn't Tom used to sell used cars down there on McDowell Road? (laughs) (laughs) Different one. It's a different Tom, Nick. Bulldog Blitz on the text line and Nick on Twitter both have it. Baseball. (laughs) What were you going to say? I was I was thinking of the the golfing guy who does lessons of a lifetime. Oh yeah, no, that's not him. No, no, but I mean it's a similar thing. Similar thing. That's right. Baseball instructional videos. Now Nick says baseball instructional videos and Ryan Sandberg. They both say in baseball instructional videos. What I think of is those television commercials with the guys in the blue hats. And Fred McGriff, Crime Dog McGriff, Atlanta Braves left-handed hitting star Fred McGriff from the 90s wearing that Paw Paw trucker hat on those commercials. That's some great video quality back in the day, wasn't it? Hey, it was some fine there people there. <laughs> it was some fine stuff. Techniques that get results, producing baseball worlds back to back to back AAU national championship teams, and even a gold medal in international competition. In a recent review, Collegiate Baseball Magazine exclaimed, "With Coach Imanski's techniques, the future of baseball is here today." Even top professional players are impressed. Just ask Major League superstar Fred McGriff. I'm so impressed with the instructional videos by Coach Imanski that I've given them my full endorsement. <laughs> This is the other one. Lou Pavlovich, Jr., editor of Collegiate Baseball Magazine, calls it a masterpiece. The best defensive drill video ever produced. <laughs> Many professional players are excited about this videotape. Just ask Atlanta Braves superstar Fred McGriff. This is the instructional video that gets results. <laughs> Fred. Nobody Fred. Hey, this is the best baseball defensive instructional video ever made. You know what it is? It's the only one ever made. He did Fred, a total of nine, right? Right. Fred McGriff told the story of how this all happened. It started with this guy was a scout and helped Fred McGriff when he was young fix his swing. And so here's him telling the story the other day in an interview in front of some people. I'm a mask. He comes to me and like, hey, Fred, you mind shooting this video? I'm like, for sure. He's like, yeah, man, I'm up in the big leagues now. Let's shoot this video, whatever. So he says, okay, I'm going to fly to Chicago. I'm going to have a couple of kids with me. We'll find a little baseball field. And we'll shoot this video. So he has a little camcorder and everything, but played a game in Wrigley Field. After the game, probably about two blocks away from Wrigley, we go to the high school field. He says, Fred, here's, here's a shirt, hat, put it on. And this is after games. I'm already tired in the first place. So I just pop a shirt on, 
put a hat on, we shoot a little video, he says, all I want you to do is say, this video is guaranteed to get results. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. So, so I say it's guaranteed to get results. Like I said, I didn't know it was gonna stand for 20 years. You know? <laughs> so it got to the point now, every single night, you know, most of the TVs in the locker room, they're on ESPN. And so Tom was able to get, you know, he got on, I don't know how in the world he got on ESPN because having a spot on ESPN is pretty expensive, but he got in there. And so every single night, this video is coming on. You know, you're, getting, you're in the training room or in the locker room getting dressed to play a game. And here comes this, this commercial. <laughs> hey, and every time that commercial come on, I head out the room. Because <laughs> the guys, they're going to crush me every single night. And so until this day, everywhere I go, you know, even today, something like, what about that Tom and Masky video? I'm like, dude. <laughs> Fred McGriff. It's it. I can never... And they used to used to see them everywhere, like you could not watch a Braves game on WTBS without at least once, most of the times twice during a nine inning game. We're going to see Tom Mamansky. Order this instructional video, Roger. I didn't play it on the radio. The thing's thirty years old. Oh, I've looked. I've looked at the the video. It, it's it's. Like I said, you can hardly tell that, that those I mean, are people out there. They're moving <laughs> blobs of color. We have a thing a saying in, in production of if you want a commercial to run forever, do a do a bad job I'm, on it. <laughs> I do a bad say, job. A half, do a half, you know what job uh-huh. on it, and it will run forever. That's exactly right because it'll be funny. Well, look, you heard. Fred McGriff say that Amansky wanted to meet him in Chicago at a high school field after a Cubs game, and he showed up, and he had a little his own little home video camera. Guy shot it himself. <laughs> i got to admire his entrepreneurship. No doubt. I, I would love to know how much money Tom Amansky made selling those baseball instructional videos. There's no telling what the commercials cost him. Each video was like it seemed like it was twenty five bucks. Yeah, I mean, like it was. I think it cost twenty five dollars to to get the video if you ordered it online. There was an eight hundred number. I should have played, it, but I was afraid if I played the whole ad, you'd hear the eight hundred number and people would be calling it just to see who answers. <laughs> they say he made about seventy five million dollars. Come on, that. yeah, that was his worth. Yeah, Roger, seventy five million dollars. We're in the wrong business. That's what Fox, Fox Sports has an article about it from back in 2014. How Tom Mansky forever changed the sport of baseball. It's July 3rd, about to be July 4th, and that's the most American thing I've ever heard. <laughs> baseball instructional videos shot with a home camera, Fred McGriff endorsement, man made $75 million. There's the American dream. <laughs> what was guaranteed to get results? Yeah. <laughs> It could be good or bad. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.